In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Far from the trite and emotive words of a pop song from many decades ago, these three words can summarize all of the glory of the gospel. Amor vincit omnia. Love conquers all. And on this third Sunday after the Epiphany, we can summarize the totality of today's liturgy with these very three words. Amor vincit Omnia. Love conquers all. In order to more perfectly appreciate the beauty not only of these scriptures which you just heard, but the context in which we find ourselves here in these times, we must understand that this Sunday falls perfectly and providentially within the eight days of the octave where we pray for Christian unity and to the end of schism. Beginning on January 18th and concluding tomorrow on January 25th, these eight days Holy Church offers to us to focus the intention of our prayers in order to pray not that the church would become something, but rather that each one of us and everyone with whom we come into contact would understand what the church is, who the church is. The mystical body of our Lord Jesus Christ, our God and our Savior, outside of whom there is no salvation. Prayer of the Church is not a milquetoast sentiment that we would all lose our fervor and passion for the doctrines and dogmas of the one true faith, but rather that we would recognize humbly that we are recipients of something that we do not deserve, and that we implore God's mercy upon others too that His grace would penetrate the darkened intellects of so many in this world and invigorate the lethargy of their wills to become one with the Church. That there is but one Church, one baptism, one Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our prayer during these eight days is that we would persevere in the practice of our faith, in hope, and in charity, and that through our example, we would bring others to the one true fold. January 18th, historically, has been the feast of the chair of St. Peter in Rome. The Prince of the Apostles, to whom Jesus Christ, our God Himself, 
gave the keys to the kingdom of heaven. What you bind on this earth, our Lord says to St. Peter, will be bound in heaven. And what you loose on this earth will be loosed in eternity. These eight days culminate with the feast of the conversion of St. Paul, the second pillar to the one holy Roman Catholic and Apostolic Church. An enemy and persecutor of the one true Church and the people of God. The mercy of Almighty God penetrated the darkened intellect of Saul in order that he would become the greatest advocate, preacher, and evangelist of the Gospel. The Gospel that love conquers all. It is most befitting and beautiful that the epistle for today's Holy Mass is from the great St. Paul to the Church in Rome. Be not wise in your own conceits, he exhorts the center and epicenter of paganism at that time. For the Eternal City did not yet have its great conversion under Constantine, whereby that city of man would now work to serve the Eternal City of God. He writes to the Romans, Be not wise in your own conceits. That is to say, do not rely on the wisdom of this world to persevere in your calling to eternal glory in heaven. Friends, never roll the dice that the prince of this world gives to you. They are loaded and you will lose every time. The children of light must not play by the devil's rules, but rather we must always have before our eyes the rules of Almighty God and persevere in those ways. For when the game is over, the loaded dice will be thrown out and we will have to render an account of how we played the game with the rule book that was given to us. Be not wise in the conceits in the ways of this world. What are those ways? They are rendering evil for evil. They are hatred, wrath, lust, covetousness, envy, greed. Those are the ways of this world. And Almighty God wants us to understand 
that we cannot chase after the things of this world by playing according to those rules. For we will not only lose those things for which we chase, being empty-handed at the end of time, but we will have bought into the ways of darkness when it is that our Lord of Light comes and asks us to render an account of our doings. As much as possible, have peace with all men. Revenge not yourselves, for it is written, Revenge is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay each according to his deeds. If it is that we harbor wrath, hatred, greed, envy, in our hearts, we will be repaid for those things that others cannot see now, but that God sees and all will know at the end of time. Cultivate in your hearts a true love, a true love for your neighbor, and not a haughty pity, but rather a true and humble recognition that at one time you too were an enemy of Almighty God because original sin was on your soul. And by a gift of His divine grace, due to no merit of your own, He mercifully cleansed you of that sin through the ministry of the one true Church, making you a child of God and an heir to the kingdom of heaven. His love first penetrated your hearts in order that your hearts could love Him. Love does conquer all. In order for us to truly understand the beautiful correspondence between this epistle of St. Paul in the words of the Holy Gospel, in the miracle that our Lord Himself will perform on the centurion, we must understand that Rome, at this time, was a formidable enemy of the people of God. Rome had crushed the society and civilization of the chosen people, subjecting them to the ways of this world and introducing to them the system of the prince thereof. Everything was under Rome's control, and a pagan Rome at that. And a centurion of this army approaches our Lord Jesus Christ and humbly asks of Him to have mercy not even on His own soul, but rather on the soul of His servant. He would not even dare raise His eyes to ask a favor of the God whose people He was persecuting. But our Lord showed us 
not to be overcome by evil, but rather to overcome evil by good. Our benevolent Lord said, yes, I will heal your servant. In the centurion, recognizing his unworthiness that our Lord would extend to him such a gift, would say those most beautiful words that we repeat at each Holy Mass, all the more confirming in his heart the great faith which the love of God placed there first. Lord, I am not worthy that you should even approach my home and enter under my roof. But I believe that if you should only say the word, my servant shall be healed. Do you believe that if the eternal word of God made flesh would only say the word, that your soul would be healed in order not to desire to be wise in your own conceits, to be tempted to overcome the evil of this world with the evil that we harbor in our hearts, but rather to overcome evil by good, to overcome evil by love. Our Lord himself provides that example to us towards an enemy of his chosen people. Should we not expect the same of ourselves as his followers? If this, if this was not enough to convince us how Almighty God has aligned so many things for us to understand this very simple and yet most profound principle that love does conquer all. We approach the feast of St. Francis de Sales, the patron and doctor of the love of Almighty God, a model in our modern times of how we may overcome the evil of this world with the love of God, the love that has been placed in your Christian hearts, not to keep to yourself and to rot there within, but rather to flourish in the world when it is that you spread that love with the people that you encounter. Go to St. Francis de Sales and ask him in those moments when it is that we are overcome by the principles and ways of this world to intercede for you that God's grace would penetrate the darkness of your minds in order to illuminate the principles of light, in order to arouse your will, in order to do what it is that God tells you to do. Love one another. And you will see that love does conquer all.
Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.